29th in the year of our Lord, 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is my co-host, Wes Reimnitz. And here is a question for you for this particular edition, namely, is God in favor of the Social Democrat Party or the National Socialist Workers Party? That seems like a very odd question. And before I bring on Wes, I want to read a couple of things. Uh, This came to me, and it is by someone who wrote, God is not defined by any of the political or philosophical labels that we create. He is neither conservative nor liberal. He is not a Republican or a Democrat. He is not a monarchist or a populist. Now, that gives the impression, therefore, that platforms of various parties God isn't really interested in, that he doesn't deal with them. But in the August 2020 edition of the Lutheran Witness, President Matthew Harrison does a wonderful article where he talks about the United States Supreme Court ruling legalized same-sex marriage in all 50 states. And he writes, Christians want all people to be treated with dignity. The founding documents of this nation guarantee human rights, such as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But we are now entering new territory. The fundamental teaching that God has made us male and female, that the sexes are not interchangeable, and that lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transsexual uses of our created male and female sexuality are not in accord with divine will is clearly and repeatedly revealed in Holy Scripture. The Supreme Court has now ruled against this biblical view. So there's the president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod saying that God opposes what the Supreme Court did on gay marriage. And when you take a look at various parties, we're not saying that God is a member of any party, but he certainly would be in favor of certain platforms and not in favor of other platforms. So let's say... God isn't a member of the Republican Party because there may be items that the Republican Party um, stands for that doesn't have a biblical background. It's not against the Bible, but the amount of taxes that a person pays, that's neither biblical or non-biblical, and it's in light of Romans 13 that we're to pay taxes to the government So there's no problem there. But we opened up with talking the difference between the Social Democrat Party and the National Socialist Workers Party. Wes, can you explain the difference between those two parties? Well, you're really putting me on the spot. 
you know, you 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 would sound like a Republican versus the Democrats or something like that. But you're re- really reaching back into history, are you not? Between yes. the Social Democratic Party of, of Germany that first formed, and later its offshoot that uh, transformed into the National, which was the uh, Nazi Party. Aren't you referring to those? Well, actually, those were two entirely different parties. The Nazi Party did not come out of the Social Democrat Party. The Social Democrat Party in Germany occurred after World War I, where they were trying to stop Marxism from Russia and the communist country imposing their will in Germany. Then in 1930s, the Nazi Party outvoted the Social Democrat Party. Hitler became the head, outlawed the Social Democrat Party. And if you take a look at the platforms, I would say that God would be much more in favor of the Social Democrat Party that was outvoted by the Nazis. And the Nazis, of course, wanted a pure race. And therefore, they ended up killing six million Jews who are not of the pure race. And I can't believe that God would not have opposed that particular platform of that party. And so the point I'm trying to make is, yes, when you look at political parties, sometimes like maybe years ago in the United States, there wasn't that much difference between the parties where you could say, this one is contrary to the Bible. But can we possibly say that today? Mm. I would say, depending on what the platforms are, did you know, for instance, in about a, it was, I think, last year or the year before, when they reported abortions in America, that there were 860,000 abortions in that year? Wow. You know, yeah. and yet, yeah. yet we we hear one party say it's okay to have a, a legal abortion. Yes, uh, in fact, don't they say a safe and legal abortion? Right. It, it seems to me like a positive and a negative coming together there, don't you? Well, no, they're both negative. They shouldn't be legal, huh. and they cannot be safe for the baby in the womb. So no, there's no such you. thing as a safe and legal abortion uh, mm. in the sense where a woman doesn't want to have the child within her because she has uh, maybe an office she has to go to every day and doesn't want to have the child get become a problem in her goals in life. And yet the other party uh, says that... Uh, they applaud groups that, that try to help out a, a lady caught in that predicament of, of an unwanted pregnancy, that they set up groups to to support and defend and, and help them out. Yeah, I, I cannot understand pastors who are saying that God is neither in favor of either group. That's what we're talking about. I don't care if he's a member of a particular party, but what 
from a biblical point of view, would God be in favor for and be against? And it seems to me if there is a party that is contrary to the will of God, then that isn't a party that a Christian should be uh, voting for. And they have to kind of make a distinction between what parts of the platform are contrary to the word of God and what parts are not. And that's how a person should be making a decision on who they're going to vote for, it appears to me. Yeah. And, you know, when I look at the abortion issue, the one that's a safe and legal abortion, they don't say anything about euthanasia of older adults, whereas the other party says that uh, if you look at abortion being safe and legal, it, it leads to euthanasia of uh, older adults and, and quality of life. We're just a step away from that, too. Tomorrow I'll be talking a little bit more about the actual platforms. But at this time, we received a letter that one of our listeners wrote to his pastor. And he says to his pastor, he's, he's really kind of upset. You mentioned the three-part Lutheran tradition of law, gospel, and scripture challenging us to action. You admonished us to toughen up and have courage. But such a call to action also requires adequate preparation. And the letter is making the point that in many sermons, even by Lutheran pastors, the adequate preparation isn't occurring. For example, he goes on in the letter, the tragic reality is that many, if not most Lutherans, have the reputation of not being well-equipped to give good answers when questioned about the issues of our times. We are told not to mix religion and politics, even in spite of the fact that so much in our lives has become politicized. The result? We have become silent and passive while evil runs rampant. And I, I think he's making a very good point. Pastors in sermons ought to give good arguments why Christians are opposed, let's say, to gay marriage. And what this particular listener to KFUO is saying is that he's not hearing that much uh, about those things in a sermon. And in talking to other members of congregations, they give the impression that some pastors are afraid to deal with these issues that are also in the political realm because that's giving the impression, guess what, that you're going to divide the congregation. Yeah, well, listening to you talk, I can re remember uh, some pastors saying that their congregations were split between Republicans and Democrats, and, and they didn't want to offend either party because of their platforms. But what I hear you saying is, this, this reader is saying, is... Issues that come up in either party, regardless of what they are, because God's not a conservative or a liberal or any such thing. 
is how do we answer these these questions, say, of abortion uh, on a biblical matter? Yeah, the definition of being a liberal uh, means that everything is up for grabs and that you should be free to make your own decisions, which means you can give out your own morality. Uh, Mm. in, In this letter, the writer continues, John Adams said it is the duty of the clergy to preach against the sins that are prevalent. In our own day, these are sins of abortion, sexual and general gender immorality, the dismantlement of the traditional family unit and marriage, attacks on the ethic of work and rule of law, matters of immigration, the biblical doctrine that Jesus is the only way to salvation, biases in public education, taxation for anti-Christian purposes, etc. In fact, one of the parties is going to, if they get elected, is to resupply the abortion clinics with more money so that they can continue their work of aborting mm-hmm. human beings. You know, you, you mentioned Romans 13 about uh, pay our Taxation. taxes, obey our yeah. But if you go later into Romans 13, it, it, it also talks, says, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in daytime, not right. in orgy, drunkenness, sexual immorality, sensuality, quarreling, and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And what you just described is probably the duty of every pastor to say, what does it mean to put on the, the Lord Jesus Christ in, in light of the things that, that we see going on in our society around us? Right. Um, by the way, Luther is brought into this letter. Mm. The well-known Luther movie ends with this statement about our heritage. Luther's influence extended into economics, politics, education, and music, and his translation of the Bible became a foundation stone of the German language. Now, where did he get involved with politics? He wrote an article against the murdering horde of peasants that thought that by war you could clean up, you know, immorality and things like that. And that was a particular political stand where Luther joined with the political groups that were against the murdering horde of peasants and not for those pastors who thought what they were doing was a good work. Hmm. So Luther would be against abortion, same-sex marriage, things of that ilk. And the reason for that is when God gives us his will, and we break his will, there will always be negative consequences to the breaking of his will. So if you want to comfort people and give them an area of safety, it's God's word. It isn't what some politicians are saying. In fact, the letter also quotes Alexis D. Tocqueville, He said that he found the reason for America's goodness, genius, and power is in its churches. 
There he found the pulpits aflame with righteousness. If this is no longer the case, people no longer have answers to be able to courageously engage others with truth. It is not enough to say Jesus loves you and be inclusive to all kinds of lifestyle. This is not including the law and the scripture of traditional Lutheranism, and it is not biblical. I think that's really a good point. Yeah, I, I especially like being inclusive of all kinds of lifestyles that, uh, you know, just because we today we like to say we are accepting of any lifestyle, whether it's gay, living together, you know, various uh, aborting, uh, killing babies and things of that nature, that uh, there are lifestyles that are incongruent with what God has to say. And we have the right of discipline in the congregation. For example, I got a call once that one of my members had been shot. And so I went to the hospital. Uh, she still was alive. And why had she been shot? Well, she was a secretary in Planned Parenthood mm -hmm. and where they were having abortions every day. And some husband came in, was very angry that his girlfriend or wife was having an abortion and began shooting and my member got shot. Well, you know what I told her? That if she continued as a secretary there, she would be excommunicated. And she said, but that was the only job I could find. So what the church did, we found her another job. And by God's grace, she left the abortion factory, uh, the Holocaust of today, and went to this other job. And we therefore did not excommunicate her. Mm -hmm. But what congregation have you heard recently that would use excommunication for young people living together apart from marriage or older people doing that or somebody in your congregation who marries someone of the same gender? That's what this letter is about, that the law isn't being properly preached and applied. Mm. I think you're you're correct. But what what becomes our solution in in terms of uh, getting the word out there to our people? That is done, particularly in sermons, because a minority of people attend Bible classes. But I'm also doing that in Bible classes and in sermons. And then you can have a newsletter. And, and what I'm doing at the the four churches can go to the website and find the sermon that I preach. I've never done this before. And that way, because of the Chinese virus, a number of people are not coming to church, but mm. therefore they can still hear the message of the law. And CFW Walther says, when you preach the law, you do it in full measure. So people get fearful of God. And then the gospel is the antidote as they repent of their sins. And therefore, who you vote for makes a big difference 
in how the country is going to go forward. If there's not that much difference between the two parties, it really doesn't matter. But if the will of God is in line with more of one party than another, then that appears to me the place that you should be putting the vote on. That really puts, uh, I think it puts it in a much better light. I like I like the way that uh, you, you presented it today, especially with the Social Democrats and the National Democrats. And that, that tells us that we've got quite some issues sitting before us in our own country in today's world. Exactly. The Social Democrats uh, in, in Germany, they were against Marxism and such. And they had some pretty good positions, not all good, but nothing like the National Socialist Workers Party, which became the Nazis, who murdered many people. And, and therefore, we need to take a look. Right now, we've got states that are okaying the murder of older adults by giving them poison to put them to death because... I mean, this is so ridiculous. They want to die in an honorable way, they say, and they feel that lying in a bed and not being able to do anything, that God no longer cares for that. And so they're going to correct God's mistake in their minds by committing suicide. And that in in entails what we were calling them euthanasia and uh, is gripping up our society as whole. We remember calling on our, on our members questioning why they were still here in you know, yes. our shut-ins and things like that. And we would say, God in his time will take you when he's ready, but he still has a purpose, which for them were grandpas and grandmas and sons and daughters that, that they that they could speak with and tell the good news. Here's another paragraph from the letter that I think really hits the nail on the head. Every time the church resists evil, it flees. We were not called to be the doormats on which the world wipes its feet. We were called to be soldiers of the cross. Freedom is not free. If something is worth having, it is worth fighting for. It costs the blood of men and women to purchase it for our country, and it is going to cost us something. It costs the lifeblood of Jesus to purchase our freedom from God. Standing up for biblical truth is going to cost people criticizing us, persecuting us, and giving us a hard time. Yet we need to learn to love the people who hate us, and they are going to hate us even more when we tell them the truth that God's love is equally balanced with his judgment. There is a sick spirit in our country because many pulpits have failed to be relevant to the culture and much darkness rules our age. Boy, when's the last time you heard a sermon on the radio, uh, even from a non-Lutheran that was speaking out against these items? No, I haven't. No. But, you know, this speaks that, that we we are in the world, but not of the world. And as as we said before in Romans 13, we put on our Lord Jesus Christ and go. Exactly. 
And it's pretty obvious what is the will of God when you take a look at the various parties. What is in each party that is contrary to the will of God and what is not? And we're going to be talking about that more uh, tomorrow on Open Mic Friday. But if anybody has got a question or comment on this subject, email me at lawandgospel at lawandgospel 101.com. So we thank the listener to KFUO Law and Gospel for giving us a copy of the letter that he wrote to his own pastor because it's a letter that could go to a number of pastors. And thank you, Wes, for being on the line with us on tomorrow's Law and Gospel, which is an open mic. We'll respond to any letters or emails we receive, and we'll continue with showing the important distinctions between law and gospel. I'm Tom Baker, Wes Reinitz. God bless you. Good morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to law and gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962.